Welcome to Morgan the Ask For Podcast. Trevor and I want to thank you for listening. Please help us spread the word to your friends and family by telling them to give us a listen. Another way to help the podcast is by subscribing, rating, and leaving a review on your favorite podcast player. We cannot thank you enough for listening, and we really appreciate it. Welcome to this edition of Morgan Yes for Podcast. Thanks for uh, listening. It's been a couple weeks, you know, with uh, me being gone. And then this last week, it just didn't work out with our schedules and everything. But a Sunday night uh, podcast, Hawkeyes are winning 61 to 57 against Illinois with 10 minutes left um, to secure their double bye uh, to get the four seed. Illinois is playing for their number one seed. So it's an important game uh, for both teams. And we'll see how this works out. Um, other than that, just, uh, welcome in Trevor. And I know we talked about, uh, we're just going to talk real quick, uh, basketball, um, Iowa playing right now, uh, but a big win for Iowa earlier in the week at Michigan and Michigan had a big win again today. So putting Iowa in a position to get that double buy, which is absolutely huge. You only got to win three games instead of four or five, depending on where you end up. And with Iowa's history and Fran McCaffrey's history, Winning in the tournaments is not their strong suit. So the fewer games they have to play, and they're playing as good a basketball as about anybody in the country right now, winning eight of nine going into today. Iowa State uh, coming off a loss at Baylor, where they were down by 25 points right away. They turned, I turned it on. It was 25 to four. They came all the way back and actually took the lead 64-62, uh, but they did fall 75 to 68, I think. Um, so they have the sixth seed. They will play Texas Tech Thursday night at 830. Um, Drake lost today in the championship game of the Missouri Valley to Loyola. Um, you and I lost to Loyola on Saturday. Um, the Big Ten and Big 12 wrestling championships. I know Iowa State did not have the tournament they wanted. And honestly, I don't think Iowa did as well. Um, I think they got third. Um I'm not 100% sure I was kind of watching it, but I, I got uh, – uh, Brett, Brett Foster's at that right now. Yep. And my brother Some of the texts I've seen throughout the day is there's been a bunch of uh, forfeits via injury for some reason. Yeah, I'm saying I don't Iowa, the Iowa guys in the championship, I know the guy that was supposed to wrestle, Gable Steven Stevenson or whatever, didn't wrestle. And so I don't know if they're – I don't know. There was at least two Iowa guys that were wrestling for a championship didn't wrestle today. Um, so that's going to be that's an issue. Obviously, if they are if they're hurt uh, going in, I think they have two weeks. Uh, I think they did have one champ. Uh, Iowa State has it started at seven. I haven't paid attention. David Carr only won in the championship bracket. They did not have the best tournament um, they could have had, but just a lot of sports going on right now. The Iowa women won the Big Ten title today. Iowa State that's the win. most uh, that's I watched most of that game and that's the most college basketball I've watched this year. And it turned out to be a women's college. Game. So, How many did Clark have today? I didn't even watch. I think any. she had eight, 16 or 18. Oh, so uh, not very many. She had 40 some yesterday. No, there, there was some other gal that I think had 30. And again, I I'm not anyone asked about college basketball, men or women's, but I was working out at the gym here today at the hotel and I watched most of that game. So I'm starting to transition into March madness. I know you yep. Talk about all the teams. Uh, real quick question for you. 
I mean, I, I assume is Iowa State going to make it? You and I, Drake, what are we looking at here with those three? Iowa and Iowa State um, both are essentially in the tournament. Um, you know, Iowa State, they've lost two in a row. Um, but I think just they're, they're just playing for seeding. Um, they're probably going to be about a 10 seed now, I think. It's not real good. Iowa, if they win today, you know, have, have played themselves into a, a six or a seven, I think. And if they would win a game or two, you know, they could maybe get to a five. Um, they're, you know, like I said, they've won eight of nine and playing some of the best basketball in the country. And, and so they're just, they're moving up. And Iowa state is actually with that loss, you know, this week where they only scored 36 points, you know, losing by seven points or whatever it was at Baylor uh, doesn't really affect anything. They're, Baylor's number three in the country. Um, they played a good game. Didn't, didn't start out well, but, and then they played Texas tech. Who's also ranked right around the top 10 uh, first round of their tournament. So that's not a good, so you could be coming in on a three-game losing streak. So that's just not what you want. Oklahoma State game is the one you you, you didn't like, um, losing at Baylor, and then losing to Texas Tech in the first round. You know, that is what it is. Those are two really good teams and, you know, top 10 teams. And Iowa State's just not a top 10 team right now. But they came all the way back and had the lead at Baylor with about six minutes left to go and then just couldn't hang on. So they can play with teams, and it will be interesting when they do get in the tournament at how they play against a team that hasn't scouted them like a Big 12 team and doesn't play like a Big 12 team physica- physically and everything. So it'll be interesting. Um, both uh, both teams, uh, you know, both coaches are probably going to get second in coaches, uh, you know, in coach of the year in their, their leagues. Both have done a great job, obviously. TJ coming off uh, first year, having to put a team together and, you know, no wins in the Big 12 last year to get to uh, – seven wins and, and 20 wins overall. And then, you know, McCaffrey, same thing. He lost four key players, um, two to the NBA and then two to transfer. And and he has them playing. You know, you can make an argument that this team is playing better than they did last year. Um, and this team is, you know, Chris Murray is really, really good. Or Keegan Murray and Chris Murray. Um, but Keegan Murray is player of the year. Um, I, I think he should win it. You know, I don't I don't know who else they could give it to. Wisconsin lost today. Johnny Davis uh, got hurt. Um, so, you know, we'll see. But uh, it, these next few weeks, there's a lot of uh, games to be played. And my DraftKings app will probably be used a lot. Same here. I don't even know who I'm betting on, but I'm looking forward to it. <clears throat> hopefully we got some uh, some good games and hopefully, you know, the Iowa teams can move on. Yeah. At least win a game or two. It'd be cool to see. It'd be awesome to see even a couple of them in the the sweet 16 if possible. But I think, you know, if the matchups, you know, with the 10 seed, I mean, you, you think about that 10 seed. So you're playing a, a seven, 10, you know, that, that, that isn't, there. that isn't a big upset. I mean, it is what it is. And you stay away from, you don't want to be that eight, nine, that eight, nine game is awful. Cause it's okay. So you win that game, which is a toss up, but then you got to go play the number one seed. 98% of the time, the number one seed gets through the t- first two rounds. But you get to that 10 line or, you know, or the seven, say they do win a few games in the Big 12 tournament, you know, you could go up to that seven. Then you got the two seed. Well, the two seeds are much more vulnerable, I think. You know, Iowa State has lost as a two seed um, early. Many teams are. And well, just like Iowa last year was, a, you know, a two seed and got beat in the second round. So, 
you know, if you can stay away from that eight, nine game, you, you give yourself a better chance. Yeah, absolutely. And again, Iowa's had their, uh, at least from what I remember anyway, had their troubles in the tournament when they've been seated. Fran, very Fran well. McCaffrey has never been to the sweet 16 ever as a coach. And, and before Fran too, I remember in high school, I think it was 07 or 08 where they lost to that Louisiana. Yep. Northwest Louisiana. Yeah. Went with, uh, Haluska and Horner yep. and all them. Yeah. And I, I remember that too. So it, you know, it'd be nice to see Iowa maybe get to a sweet 16, but we'll, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of basketball left to be played. They got, they got a game going on right now, like you said, and then the tournament, of course, big 10 tournament. Yeah. They haven't been to a sweet 16 since the mid nineties, maybe even before that um, long, long time. So. No, that's good. And uh, we got that coming up. We got TPC at Sawgrass. We got the Masters. And then I think we're going to transition. Did you watch any of the golf this weekend? I did a little bit today. I watched a little bit today. And and it was just kind of weird, obviously, me being there just last week. And they were showing the roller coasters and talking about the Velasa coaster and stuff. It is awesome. It's one of the best roller coasters I've I've rode. And uh, then the Hulk was Tyler's favorite. Uh, Velasa coaster was mine. Um, it's fast. I mean, then then you twist and turn and up and down and it, it was a really good trip. And, but I was just amazed at the score was the weather bad. It didn't look bad or did they just turn that course up? Um, you know, a lot of players went over par today, like Scheffler who won shot two over par, I think today. I probably watched less than an hour today. Um, so I, from what I picked up, it sounded like the course played really tough. I know Gary Woodland drained a a putt to take the lead on 15 or 16, I think it was. And then I think it was 17, that par three, 16 or 17, wherever that par three is at. He had just shortened a bunker. His next shot out of the bunker, he couldn't get it out. And then after that, I don't know what happened. I had to run down the street, uh, clean my car out and do some stuff. But anyway, uh, Scotty Scheffler won. So, but yeah, no, I mean, I remember you were down there in Florida for, Almost a whole week, weren't you? Yeah, for a vacation? yeah four, four days. Yep. What was, uh, besides the roller coasters, anything exciting or anything unique? It was nice. The weather was awesome. It was 80 to 90 degrees every day. Um, makes you think, why do we live here? Um, but, I, I mean, I do like living here. Uh, and it's, but it is nice to get out for a little bit. Uh, traffic was bad. Um, just the driving around. And, and I know we were around the parks and the tourist area. So, I suppose if you get a little bit away from that. Um, the airport that we flew in is, was all the way on the other side of Orlando and it, the traffic just sucks. Um, so that's, one, that's one thing that you, you deal with more than we do here in Iowa. I don't care if you live downtown Des Moines traveling, you don't have traffic. You just don't. Um, and, and it's just, I don't know if they just haven't been able to keep up with their infrastructure, with their growing, they're growing a lot and everything. So I don't know what it is, but like, we're just stopped on the interstate you know, lots, you know, that, that's Florida for you. And I know in Florida too, on the interstates, if you're not doing at least 20 over the speed limit, you're getting passed by twice as much. I mean, people yeah. do 30 or 40 over down there all the time. It's Florida driving when the traffic's moving. It's crazy. Like yeah. I know my brother's a, he's a speeder. He like he likes to go fast. And he even texted me one time. He's like, yeah, I was doing almost 90 miles an hour. And people were flying by me on the interstate. <laughs> so that's Florida for you. Yeah, I'd say it, it, but it was good to be home, and the weather was good this last week here, and uh, this next week isn't going to be as good, but but that's all right. All right, now let's get to our main topic, uh, the NFL Combine. 
Um, six Iowa State players, uh, Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, Charlie Kolar, Chase Allen, Mike Rose, and any and Arazarike all went. Um, and I know you want to you want to like focus on one. I'm going to talk about the others. Um, Rose, any Allen, and Kolar, I believe, did not do everything. They did certain parts of it, but they did not take part in all the events. So we're really not going to break them down. Um, Brock Purdy, I believe, did it all and just very average. He did what he was. I mean, I don't think he he wowed anybody, but I don't think he hurt himself at all. He's going to be a late round draft pick if drafted at all. And he's just going to work to make a team and be a backup and and work towards the future of just being in football. No, you're exactly right. Uh, Purdy didn't do anything to help or hurt himself. He he tested about what everyone expected. The other players you mentioned, they did some drills. This combine was weird. There was a lot of players that didn't participate in a lot of drills. They're waiting for pro days. So we might have a we might have to do a pro day podcast once all these or at least most of these schools get done with with the pro days, especially Iowa and Iowa State. But again, those other guys you mentioned, they did some. Uh, we could sit here all night and talk about some of their numbers. But uh, as far as Iowa State, we need to focus on your guy, Brees Hall, because he tore it up. Yeah, I saw that he that he got an athletic rating or their ranking was 99, highest you can get. Um, he and we, we talked, we've texted over the weekend and, and talked that he moved himself into guaranteed second round. I think we both think second round, and maybe if the right team needs a running back, could break the streak of Iowa State not having a first round draft pick since the early 70s, if things go right. But most likely a second round draft pick. Yeah, it, it'll be tough for first round because, again, like you and I talked, he doesn't have the hype of a Barkley or McCaffrey. And, again, those guys getting injured over the years and other running backs, it doesn't help his case. But there's a slight chance he could go in the first. You know, you look at a team like the Buffalo Bills who need help at running back, um, you know, late in the first. Would, that's, would, that's the, would the Chiefs draft him and, and move on from Edward Solaire? No, I mean, well, it depends. I, I think they're going to look more on defense or receiver. Now there's rumors that they might go after Amari Cooper and some of these free agent receivers that we'll see what they could do with the cap. Cause Mahomes is starting to get paid now, yeah. but uh, just real quick here, we'll, we'll focus more on Brees Hall, but there, yeah. there is a slight chance. And it's a slight one, but there's a slight chance that Iowa, Iowa state and you and I all have a player draft in the first round this year Two for sure. I'm pretty sure uh, Brees Hall will be the deciding factor on that. And it's just unfortunate because he plays running back and we understand that, running backs going in the first round is not a popular thing anymore, which I do agree with. They get banged up, they get hurt. It, it's tough to justify taking running back in the first round, but he tested off the charts. I mean, yeah. He, that, we were talking before we were recording here 20 years ago, he's probably a top 15 draft pick. He's, he's the number one running back top 15 pick. No hands down. Uh, it's just the way it is with today's football. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, I'd, I'd be surprised if he falls out the second. Uh, I had him, I figured he was going to go in the second anyway. He came in at 5'11", 217, good size. 4'3", 940 was his best. And all these numbers I'm going to talk about came off NFL.com. So mm -hmm. if they change, uh, forgive me, but I'm just going off NFL.com site. Right. And and I, and I they changed it. They changed his time already because at first it was 444 mm -hmm. and they moved it down to 439. And I, I did see that. So it's already adjusted, but yeah, again, this is Sunday night at eight, about eight thirty. You know, if it gets changed, um, that's okay. 
Because I know they have changed a lot of people's stuff. Yeah, the first night or whatever it was, the receivers, they had some crazy times. And there's some people thinking that they were just jacking up those numbers to get eyeballs. Right. And I don't doubt that by any means. Uh, his broad jump was 10 foot six, tied for second among running backs. Right. His vertical is 40, first among running backs. So that just shows his explosiveness. Yeah. And he's not a small guy. He's a thick no. guy. Like he's built. So these are very, very good numbers. I don't see any way he falls out the second. Him and Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State, those are 1A, 1 and 1A, those two guys. Yep, I agree. I mean, it's um, – you just have to find the right team to get you, and you just hope – I mean, with all – with any draft pick, whether it's the number one pick or the last pick in the draft, you get in the right situation, and then when you get your opportunity, you just have to take advantage of it. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And, and then a little bit of luck and staying healthy. No, exactly. He he only needs one. I mean, for him to go in the first round, even he only needs, like I said, a team like Buffalo, who could use a little upgrade at running back. Uh, we saw in that playoff game versus the Chiefs. I mean, those two teams are going to be battling each other. You, you expect for the next 10 years, give or take. Yep. Uh, they're going to need all the offensive firepower that they can get. So um, he probably goes in the second. Slight chance he goes in the first, but, you know, my money would be on the second, but good for him. And there, there's plenty of teams that need good running backs. And most people had him as one, two, or three. And after watching him and his numbers, I mean, there's no doubt he's either one or two on almost everybody's boards as, as far as running backs go. Yeah, and, you know, just kind of getting back to, to the Cyclones in general, uh, six players to the, to the combine, that's a big deal. Uh, whether they all get drafted high or not, it's just – you can just see the upgrade in talent coming from Iowa State compared to previous years. And and there's there's guys that are going to be in the combine next year that could have been in the combine this year if they had came out. The defensive end, Will McDonald, would have been there. Um, I think Anthony Johnson, uh, the corner, he's going to move this. I was reading they started – they actually started spring practice Friday. Um, and they're going to move him to safety. I wonder if that's – um, some of the feedback he got is maybe he's not quite fast enough to be a, a corner and he had always played that at Iowa state. So any idea what his size is height or I, I would have to look off the okay. top of my head. I, I don't know. Um, I don't think he's a little guy. I mean, I don't think he's five, seven, you know um, yeah. If he's a six footer, I mean, that might be his place anyway, you know? Mm -hmm. So Maybe that's why he's coming back, and that's the feedback they gave him, and then he's going to – I would say it's going to help him do that. Yeah, and I, I saw some on Instagram. Coach Campbell of Iowa State uh, put up a picture, and I did see that. It looked like they were practicing. At mm -hmm. first I thought it was a combine picture or something, oh. and I saw they were doing some workouts. So, yeah, you're right there. But, but going back to what you said initially, six players at the combine, again – some tested more than others. Some will probably wait till pro days. Yep. That's becoming a very popular thing. Um, it's not anything out of the ordinary. A lot of players are doing that. But again, you know, the, I, I don't know off the top of my head, I would say that's the most players that Iowa State's ever had at a combine. Yeah, it, it is. I, I've seen that. That is the most players they've ever had there. Usually it's one, maybe two. Yeah, and that, that goes back to Campbell and what he's building. And we've, we've talked about it here before. It, it takes time. Um, you know, you, you might have a little bit of a down season like this year, but the, the program's trending in the right way. And now you got six players at the combine next year. You have, uh, you know, a certain amount, but again, getting players drafted combine winning games. It's, it's all part of building the program 
like you like to talk about what, what she is doing a very good job of. Yep, absolutely. Um, all right, now let's go to the Hawks. A uh, one player there, correct? Uh, they, they have more than one player. Lindebaum okay. was there too. Oh, that's yeah. I guess I, I, I don't even think about Lindebaum because he's going to go. He doesn't have to do anything. He's going early. It just depends on how early. Yeah, no, and you know, Lindebaum can. He doesn't even need to, to really oh. test. They had Dalton the safety there too. But I just want to focus on Goodson. Uh, Goodson's five nine, one ninety seven. A lot of people thought he'd maybe be a sixth or seventh round draft pick. Most people thought he'd probably go undrafted. But as far as running backs go, he ran a 4-4-2-40, tied for fifth among running backs. Again, NFL.com. Broad jump 10-3, good. That was fifth overall. And his vertical was 36 and a half, tied for fourth. So all of his numbers tested out really well. So he, I don't know if he gets drafted or not. My gut feeling is he probably will. I think in the later rounds, six or seven, most likely. But he did nothing but help himself. So it was it was good for him to be there and, and do what he did because he tested really well. That's good. And and that's where you want to go. You want you want the kids to go there and, and help themselves. You, you hate it. Now, this is the only thing that it, it is the underwear Olympics or whatever you want to call it. This isn't playing football. Um, that's the only downside to this whole thing. Everybody gets excited and, you know, Brees Hall had a heck of a day, whatever. But uh, and, and he's proven it. He scored 24 touchdowns in a row. You know, one of the all-time leading rushers in Iowa State and Big 12 history. You know, he's done it for three years, been consistent, um, you know. But I do wish they'd make – they'd say this a little bit more. Hey, film and stuff do matter. You know, the Oakland Raiders are famous for drafting people off of this, and you've seen how they do uh, overall in the last 20-some years. Not great. No, and, and just to bring up a guy that everyone's high on is Aiden Hutchinson, right? The He's either going to be the first or second pick. I don't see him right. falling past two, but uh, his 40-yard dash, I think it was like 4.75. I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. And I remember reading a bunch of comments like, oh, not that good, not worthy of a top five pick. But his his 10-yard split was 1.63. Yeah. And they, they showed all the great pass rushes over like the last five or 10 years. It's all between 1.61 and 1.63. Again, we don't give a shit what a defensive end's run a 40 in. No. It's it's the 10 yard. How, how, how fast can he get to the quarterback in two seconds? Yeah, and his his 10 yard, I think, was 1.63, which is right where you want it to be for an elite, potential elite defensive end. So, again, everyone focuses on the 40. It gets a little overblown for certain positions. How about, um, how about the one guy from Georgia, the huge 350-pounder that ran a 4.78 or whatever? I mean, that's impressive. Uh, Jordan Davis. Yep. Six six three forty one. Yeah. <laughs> four seven eight. That's absolutely freaking insane. Yes, it is. I, mean, I don't know if I could break a five three right now. Oh, I I couldn't. There's no way. I might be it, five five. A, I don't know. I would, say, I would say I'm five six five seven. Maybe I might not break six. Did you see the video of him running? Oh yeah, and it looks good and. He was moving. I, all I could picture, I was joking with, with Steven Staggs about it because we, we like the combine. I'm like, all I can picture is myself standing still, like at, say like the 30-yard line of a football field. <laughs> and that guy running full speed into me and just, he would literally throw me through the goalpost, like 30 yards. Just I'd fly like a, a football, basically. I mean, that guy was moving. And I, I, I had him listed as some of the winners. I, I wrote some down. We won't go through all of them later, but 
Yeah, 46341 That It's just, it's tough to even explain how fast that is. 478 is fast in general. Yeah, I think. Now, did, Brock, did, to, did Brock Purdy run that? Or right around, right around that? I think Brock Purdy ran right around a 478. If I, yeah. I'd have to go back and look. Cause again, and he, and he he's 215 pounds. I mean, he's just yeah. a good athlete. I didn't have his numbers written down because right. he didn't. Do but it was right. Special. It was right around that high yeah. four sevens, low four yeah. eights. Yep. Yeah. So that's just I don't know. That's crazy speed for a guy that big. It, it's tough to comprehend it. Um, but yeah, that guy's definitely a first round pick now. So, which he already probably was. <laughs> yeah. He, he. Yeah. He. It's not a surprise that he's going to go high. He no. was already there. But yeah, a guy like that, you just want him to probably be right around five seconds. I'd say. Don't you think? Yeah, right around five. I mean, four nine to five two. That that's usually those numbers yeah. where those run in. So, the fact that he ran a four seven eight and his teammate, the other defensive tackle, Devontae Wyatt, ran four seven seven. <laughs> He's not near as big, right? Not near as big, but he's still a big dude. And that was one thing I wanted to mention. Uh, we'll keep moving on here shortly, but this this combine came down to it was a great combine for Georgia. Cincinnati, Baylor, Penn State, and you and I, which we can probably get into now because you and I had two guys go off the charts. And that's kind of exciting to me that a couple of you and I guys are going to be getting drafted. One in the first round for sure now, I think. Yeah, so go ahead. Go over your you and I guys. Uh, Trevor Penning, uh, offensive tackle, 6'7", 325. Uh, he ran a 4.8940, tied for second of the offense alignment. Uh, his three cone drill was a 7.25, tied for first. Uh, his broad jump was 9.3, which I think was middle of the pack for offensive tackles. But going into the combine, most people had him ranked between the fourth and sixth offensive tackle, four through seven. Uh, a lot of people have him as a second to third or fourth best now at worst. So he went from being most mock drafts I saw, he was a second round pick. He's going to be a top 20 pick now, I think for sure, potentially a top 10 pick. Uh, top 10 is going to take a little bit of work, but he's moved into that number three ranking of offensive tackles for a lot of people after today, which is pretty cool for a guy from you and I, in my right. opinion. Well, and they had, when did uh, Spencer Brown go last year? Was he, he was a first round pick, wasn't he? Spencer Brown, I can't remember. I'd have to look it up. I should have had that written down, but. I think okay. he was he was high last year from and he's from Lenox, small town Iowa. I don't know where this pinning is from, but Spencer Brown's from Lenox, small town Iowa. Played eight man football. Spencer Brown, let's see here, twenty four years old. He was round three. Okay, so he wasn't, year. but he was from Lenox, like you said, uh, and he was six foot eight, three eleven. Yeah. Pinning is six foot three twenty five. So you and I is getting some big. Uh, some big farm boys, if you want to call them. Right. I'll probably call them on the NFL Network. But that's, I thought that was cool because the, the tackles go Evan Neal of Alabama, Icky Ignagua from NC State, and then the, either Charles Cross of Mississippi or Trevor Penning. So those are the four, the top four guys kind of at attack when all four are going to go in the first round. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. And then the other you and I guy was Isaiah Weston, wide receiver. Almost 6'4", 214. He ran a 4'4", which is 10th overall receivers, uh, which is pretty good. Nothing to be along. But his broad jump was 11'3". Oh, <laughs> tied, my. Tied, tied for second, <laughs> as far as receivers go. 
his vertical was 40, same as Brees Hall, uh, second overall there in his bench. Now, only three receivers did the bench out of all the receivers at the combine, but he did 20 reps at 225, and he was number one. So he did and, nothing. And you got to think, okay, so he's 6'4", and jump 40 in a 40-inch vertical. He can get up now. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I got him run down as two through five, meaning right. rounds two through five. I, I don't know. I haven't seen him mocked a lot. And that's that's what gets crazy with these mocks. We've talked about in the past. You'll see a lot of names rise and drop. I mean, George Karloftis or whatever you say out of Purdue, he's dropping yeah. the defensive end. Uh, Sauce Gardner, uh, the corner from Cincinnati, is rising rapidly. He's probably going to be a top ten pick. And again, you'll you'll see this with the combine. You'll see you'll see a bunch of names, or not a bunch, but you'll see a few that are mocked in the top ten or so that suddenly fall out of the first round and and vice versa. So that's what the combine does. GMs, coaches fall in love with numbers, right or wrong. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. There's no magic formula to it. It's just right. you're trying to put everything together. Absolutely. So anything else you want on the NFL combine? Yeah, let's see. I, I wrote down a few winners. We're not going to go through all of them. Uh, the quarterbacks, you know, this is actually, in my opinion, a pretty good draft besides quarterbacks. It's pretty deep, right? especially O-line and D-line. Um, Wanted to mention wide receiver Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati, a uh, little white guy, or not little. He's actually, I think, 6'3". He tested really well. Joking around with Stephen Staggs. That, it's kind of cool to see that that guy put up some good numbers. Sam Williams out of Ole Miss, defensive end. Really looked good. We talked about the two big Georgia defensive linemen that were just studs. I want to mention a couple linebackers. Uh, Troy Anderson out of Montana State and Chad Muma out of Wyoming uh, could be coming to a team near you Two two linebackers that aren't necessarily flashy, but they put up some good numbers in certain drills. Uh, and then two other guys I want to mention was Lewis sign the safety out of Georgia. He ran a four, three, seven, and he had 11 and a one broad jump. Uh, he's probably put himself when it was the first round pick. As far as the safety goes, you know, Kyle Hamilton, Notre Dame, I'm sure you've probably heard of him. He's kind of a, a big name player. He's probably going to be the first safety, but this Lewis sign, some think that he might be the first safety taken overall after what he did. And the last guy is kicker slash punter, uh, Matt Ariza out of San Diego State. He was booming some balls there in Indianapolis. And I know you watch Pat McAfee every now and then. Yep. I guarantee Pat McAfee is going to talk about him this week. So that's a guy to – special teams player to keep track of there you go very good all right now let's kind of just move on and and, and this information will be a little bit old uh, we haven't talked for a couple of weeks here and we kind of ran out of time uh kind of right when this stuff was happening we were talking about the actual games and and the super bowl but you wanted to talk a little bit about the the nfl coaching hires and everything yeah I, I, there was just like four i wanted to focus on i mean some don't really excite me that much uh Let's start with Doug Peterson going to the Jags. They, they went last year, you know, with with Urban and the old uh, chop house there. Uh, no NFL experience. And now they go to a guy in Doug Peterson, which I think is a great hire because he's got 12 years of coaching experience in the NFL, 10 years of playing experience, which, again, they call that an NFL lifer. He's right. He's been in the NFL for basically ever. So we can trust him to fly home with the team, win or lose. 
He knows what he knows what to do. He knows what to do. And I, I think that's important because again, you got Trevor Lawrence. He did not have a good rookie season. Uh year two is going to be vital. So well, and, and, and that's why they hired him. He was a quarterback. He was a backup quarterback. He he his job is to get Trevor Lawrence to reach his potential. That's his job. Absolutely. If Trevor Lawrence doesn't pan out, it doesn't really matter. Unless right. they just hit some random jackpot, you know, some seventh round draft pick that comes in, but that's not going to probably happen. So it's all about Trevor Lawrence, like you said. So in my opinion, Doug Peterson was about as good as hire as they could have expected. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett of the Broncos, again, he worked in Green Bay. Does that is that a play to get Rodgers? I'm sure it is. Uh, you know, the, we all know the Broncos have a good roster. They just don't have a quarterback. So uh, Josh McDaniels, you know, what, what has he learned from his last coaching experience? Has he matured a little bit? I think he has. You know, Carr's a little bit of an underrated quarterback. And will he – Will he uh, will he do better the second time? Is the question. I think he will. Um, the you know what I think of this hire is this shows me that Belichick doesn't want to retire yet. I, I I'd agree with you. I mean, I, I think McDaniel's wants to pay, wanted the Patriots job, wants the Patriot job. Like I still think if it opens up in next year, I think McDaniel if McDaniel's wants it, he'll go back there, and if they want him. Uh, but I think this goes to show you that Belichick's not done yet. No, not at all. I mean, he's probably at least got three, four, or five years left. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, that's what I would say. And McDaniel's is like, I can't keep waiting. I, I've, I'm getting opportunities. I'm turning them down. And, and Belichick might have told him, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm not ready to retire yet. If you want to go pursue this, from everything I've heard, is those two have a really good relationship. You know, obviously." with him going to Denver. And then as soon as he got fired or whatever, he went right back there. Um, you know, that's Belichick's like that though, because even Pat, Patri you know, Matrician is, is there right back there. Those guys go back and work for him. So he no judges back there already. Right. I say, it's just what they do. It's so he, he knows, he knows what, what's going on. And, and so I, I just, that's how I read that hire. Um, whether he makes it or not, who cares? I just read it as Belichick's not done with the Patriots just yet. No, I, I'd agree with you. Um, McDaniel's probably thinking I have to take a chance at some point. And again, Carr's, you know, that's oh, a solid I, quarterback. It, it's it's not a horrible job, you know, and, it, and it's not like they went and fired their coach because they were bad. They fired their coach because the NFL told them to. <laughs> that's, yeah, he, he was an idiot. The, the NFL Carr. sold him out is what happened. I mean, that's well, – yeah, we, we spoke about that last year um, and that whole thing. But, no, I mean, the Raiders have an okay roster. They're not – this isn't a rebuilding team or anything. So, he should be able to go in there. They made the playoffs this year. Right. So, you would expect – I mean, he's had some success there. We'll, we'll see how he does. Uh, one other that, you know, Brian Dayball going to the Giants from the Bills. He, they, he was one that I kind of – I you know, I, I think the Bears hired their guy they wanted and everything. But he was one that I kind of – I would have liked with the Bears because he could have worked with uh, Justin Fields. Now, I think, that's that's who – if I had to make a choice, that's who I wanted. I think a lot of people did with young quarterbacks because they looked what he did with Josh Allen. And he said they're committing to Daniel Jones. And I see a lot of Giants fans getting upset like we can't commit to him. But he has to say that right now because they don't have the next guy yet. So he right. can't go, we're moving on. And then what happens if – 
they don't hit a guy in the draft or they can't make a trade. And then they're stuck with Daniel Jones. It's like, so he has to say they're sticking with him for right now. Um, The only thing I would say is Daniel Jones does have a little bit of, again, a little, I'm talking a small percentage of Josh Allen in him as far as a runner. He's He's not Josh Allen. He is athletic. That's what I mean. He's not the thrower that Josh Allen is. I'm not trying to compare him that way, but he is a decent runner. So you, you look at the Bills and Josh Allen, they use Allen as a power runner kind of. Yep. I think they might do that Daniel Jones if they stick with him. Now, does Daniel Jones take the next step? I mean, he's already been in the league for a while now. The, the odds are very unlikely. Right. But, you know, he has to say he's sticking with him for now and, until they have the next guy in-house. And when, that, when, do, when do they draft? Um, fifth and seventh. Yeah, they got two. Uh, they got the Bears one, don't they? Yeah, they got the Bears. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. It's a weird year. It, it's actually a pretty deep draft, in my opinion. The problem with having five and seven, usually you could get a good, a decent quarterback out of that, but you can't this year. You can't draft a quarterback five or seven. I, I don't think so. I don't. I, don't. Really, I mean, I just Malik don't think Will, you. Malik Willis is really skyrocketing, but again, that, that goes back to something I've written down, Trubisky. Trubisky's a hot name right now, and rightfully so, in my opinion. I mean, we can make fun of him, but he's an okay quarterback. He's not. He's no slouch. I I don't disagree with you, but he's what I would say. He's a he's perfectly capable of playing a year or two for a team until well, the next. I, I was listening to some people talk. Is he a top thirty-two quarterback? Yes. Yes, and and so he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. Now he's lower end. We realize right. that. Yeah, he's exactly. twenty-five to thirty-two, but. Yeah. And he's athletic, kind of like a, well, not like he's not big like Josh Allen, but he can move. Right. So there's a lot of rumors that maybe the Giants will bring him in. Obviously, any team that needs a quarterback, the Steelers, the Broncos, uh, Washington, well, Commanders, now whatever they are. We are Commanders. Dun, 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 dun. Have you heard uh, Pat yeah. McAfee making fun of them? I haven't yet. No. Well, the Commander, I, the Commanders are getting a lot of heat. And of course, Washington can only. <laughs> Only Washington can mess us up this bad, even right. getting the fans involved. But the McAfee show now has "We are Commanders." Dun 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 dun. dun. So that's their chant now. Everyone's doing on social media, so people are already giving Washington Commanders a hard time. But you think of any team that needs a quarterback, Trubisky's going to be pretty high on the list. Now, again, it's not long term, but for a year or two, he can hold down the fort. Yeah. And then what do you what do you think about Eberflus? I, I don't know a ton about him. Well, I, I just think, you know, he comes from the old school, like he's really like Tony Dungy. He, he was with him in Indianapolis and in uh, Tampa. Uh, so he goes way back to that. Um, and it's who Ryan Pace or uh, who, who did we hire? Who, not Ryan Pace. We fired him, but Ryan, what's the, what's the new GM's name? Oh, I'm having a brain. It's now. Ryan somebody. Yeah. Because we still have Ryan and Matt. It's just not the same Ryan and Matt. Uh, but our new GM wanted him. And, and and he did a really good job. And Bill Polian, who was instrumental in the hire, wanted him as well. So Ryan Poles. Ryan Foles. Poles, yeah. Yeah. So um, it was the guy they both, they all agree, from everything that's coming out in, in public, you know, it's the guy they wanted. And it's the guy they thought did the best job and – Everything so, and, and McCaskey did not make the decision, so that's a good thing. Yeah, and then they got uh, 
What's going on with the stadium? They're they're looking to move, aren't they? Eventually, that was so, a big topic so, while back. So they're um, they bought an old dog track, racetrack, something out in one of the suburbs, out west, north and west of town. From the Sopranos or somebody? Well, I don't. Who knows who they bought it from? But but they bought a whole bunch, like three hundred acres, and they're going to develop it. Just like that's really what major sports ownership is now it's land development it's what the cubs are getting done it's you own the land and then you develop it all and that's how you make your money it's not really with the team it's um but that's what Everything they want to do in the stadium because what obviously and that's a huge problem with the bears is there's no room and actually the stadium is still owned by the city and it's actually like a city park and so like when they have a concert or something there they tear up the field and, you know, that's why the field always sucks and they really have no control over the stadium and, and they want more control over the stadium. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're right. The, these owners, it's land development. I know Jacksonville's building like a whole like party city type of deal around their stadium. Well, and, and Green Bay is, I mean, I mean, hate to say Iowa State's going to do the, trying to do the same thing between Hilton and Jack Trice. That's yep. what, they're trying to do it like uh, Green Bay, their title town. Well, it makes um, sense. Put a bunch of bars and restaurants between, in between, and people are going to bar hop and stop in between there and the stadium until game time. Right. It, it just makes sense. I mean, yep. they're talking out here in Denver, potentially putting a new stadium out east of town by the airport, by the new Gaylord Resort Hotel mm-hmm. that they have, and a NASCAR track out there, too. So. Mm-hmm. Again, within the city where the stadium's at now, you, you can't expand. There's nothing really you can right. do. But if you go out to the open areas, probably like Chicago's thinking, yep, with the mafia there. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> so, and the, the Illuminati will get it done in Denver. Yeah, the, the Illuminati will get it done in Denver, and the mafia will get it done in Chicago. So that'll that'll take care of two of the, of the 32 teams right there. <laughs> but, no, I mean, it, you're right, though. It, it's Land expansion is a, lot, a big part of it, and – Teams are teams and owners and groups are getting more creative. It's not just about the stadium. It's what it's about what's around it, and what can you add between, you know, the first few blocks of the stadium, bars, restaurants, shops. How can you make as much money as possible? Yep. Illinois just beat Iowa by two. Uh-oh. Chris Murray just missed a th- a good look at three to win it and lost seventy four to seventy two. Just finished. Okay. Well. I have a loss. So what's is that? What's that going to do for them? Then any idea? I, I can't. I don't know exactly if they fall now um, to the fifth seed or not. I, I don't know. But I, Illinois will be the one seed now. Okay. I do know that. Well, the Fighting Illini are moving on the one seed. The, the the Fighting Hoybergs went up to Wisconsin and upset them today. I did see that. Uh, yeah, starting to, like I said, starting to get back into basketball a little bit. So. Um, no, as far as football, I mean, we kind of covered most of it. Uh, free agency, the tampering period starts March 14th. Which is, I just think that's hilarious because you're actually just saying it's a tampering period. You're just straight up saying it. Yeah, they just admit it like, yeah, it's okay to tamper. Okay. <laughs> These guys are under contract, but it's okay to talk to them. <laughs> yep, and then I think the official day is the 16th. Uh, right, but I, I just find that hilarious. And it's just, just straight up. That's the power of the NFL. They, just that's what we've on. talked about. Elite, they come out and that—that's the problem with like the transfer portal and everything with 
um, college football. Just call it what it is. That's what the NFL has figured out. Just call it what it is. Free agency, tampering period, have dates. I think it's okay to have that. Just have dates. Like, you know, like we talked about with college football, you know, January, you know, after the last bowl game, say it's January 10th or whatever, January 11th through the 20th, open market. No one has to go into the transfer portal or anything, but just discussions had. And then transfer portal opens January 25th through the 31st. You want to go, go. I mean, it, it's, you have to have calendars and just that way everybody knows what's going on and can plan. Cause that's why all these coaches are getting fired in September. So you can go get coaches because you have to have them in place before the early signing period. And it's just, yeah, just come out in the open and say it and have a calendar. No, you're right. This, this is where the uh, <clears throat> college could take a little, little, advice from the NFL, just call it what it is and make some dates. No one's saying these players shouldn't get paid. No one's saying they can't transfer. Just have some dates in mind. And then that way, everybody's on the same page. Nobody's running around with their head cut off. Well, then, okay. So now, then go, you know, now spring practice. So then May 1st to May 15th, another open period, you know, make them go through, you know, they didn't win the job or they had a bad spring practice or they got beat out, whatever, open them up again, you know, you know, it's, I don't care what they do, but just have a plan. <laughs> yeah. Whatever they decide, they need to have some dates in mind. Uh, there needs to be a little bit of structure. Again, we're not saying that these players can't make money or can't transfer, but there needs to be a time period where they right. do all this because otherwise nobody knows what's going on. And that's, that's kind of where college football is at right now. It's, it's a transition period. And hopefully they take some notes from the NFL. Again, we joke around tampering period. <laughs> Uh, NFL just admits, yeah, there, there's going to be tampering, and we're okay with it. And then on the 16th of March, that officially will be free agency. Uh, got some big names, you know, Devontae Adams, J.C. Jackson, Mike Williams, uh, Mari Cooper's rumored to be released, uh, his cap hits. So that, that'll give us something to talk about here in a couple weeks. So, so that, that's a question I have, like cap hits and stuff. And, and so if they cut them by this amount of time, they still have some cap hit, but it's not near as bad, correct? I don't, that, pretend, I don't pretend to understand the cap anymore than I did five years ago. Okay. It, it doesn't seem like you, you can get on uh, it's over the cap.com or something on Google. I think it's the most trusted cap website as okay. far as the NFL goes, but I, I don't pretend to understand it. But uh, teams, I, I read some, something on Reddit. I think it was that the saints could cut 48 players and still be over the cap. <laughs> but, but if they cut their top six, they'd be under. So, the cap is weird. I mean, these are mathematicians is basically what it is, in my opinion. People that Oh, yeah. Really I mean, and they, they truly have have guys on their payroll that that's their job is to figure out the cap. And and they these guys are I mean, it's true, not true, you know, money ball, Jonah Hill type people doing this. It's it's, you know, statisticians, it's money people, it's statistic, you know, it's MIT smart people. I mean, it really is doing that. Oh, yeah, it's it's people that are very, very smart, that understand numbers, deadlines, uh, how to figure it all out. And everyone jokes around that the cap doesn't really, the cap is just an imagination anymore these days. It kind of feels like it. It's not, I mean, it is still a cap league and we'll see. I mean, there are some teams that are really up against it. Green Bay will be one of them. I suppose maybe we could kind of, before we get off here, talk a little bit of Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. 
uh, Rogers, I, I think he said he's going to make his decision by Tuesday of this week. So by the next time we talk, we'll, we'll probably have an idea what he's going to do. I, I'll just say, I won't be surprised if he stays, leaves or retires. I will not be surprised by any of those. I, I really won't either, but of those three, what do you think he does? Just make your prediction right now. Everyone's saying he's coming back, which makes me think Rogers is a different guy. Oh, so all the like Rappaport and Schefter and those guys are saying they think he's coming back. I, I think he's leaving. If I, I'm going to go the opposite of what they're thinking, just because I think Rogers is just a different. We've we've talked about it. He's a different guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I could see him retiring. Just just saying, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I'm going to retire and go to Hawaii for a year. He's just a different person. And we, oh, yeah. we spoke about that before on here. I, I have no idea. I won't be retirement would be the most surprising of the three, I guess, but it wouldn't be shocking by any means. I agree. I think he actually comes back to green Bay and, and somehow that their guys figured out and they're, they all essentially, they all come back again for the most part. I mean, obviously they're not gonna be able to have everybody, but well, for the most Ka- part, Coward and, back. Coward and other People have talked about the NFC is pretty wide open right now. Right. You got the Packers, you got the Rams, uh, the Cardinals got their whole mess going on, which we can maybe get into here shortly after this. But there's not a lot of teams in the NFC right now that you go, man, those are those are the top teams. I mean, I mean, Rogers and Stafford, I mean, those are the two. And, and that's what makes it it's hard to believe that he he would go to Denver as he just makes his job so much harder. AFC is stacked. It's and then the AFC West is stacked. Yeah, that alone, that conference alone, right? Or that that division, I should say. Right. But those four teams are just stacked. Um, so I, I won't be surprised either way. Uh, yeah, most people are saying he comes back. I don't know. I I could see him pulling some drama out. Oh, I I I don't think we'll know this week for sure. <laughs> well, I think I think he'll. I've heard that he's going to decide by Tuesday, from what I've heard. But you know he might. But he could say something, and then he won't show up for many camps or anything, you know, and there'll be more speculation. And well, he's he's probably talked to Favre a little bit about that, so he probably <laughs> has an idea of what to do, and not do. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's actually that I forgot about Kyler Murray. Let, let's talk about Kyler Murray just briefly, if you don't yep. mind, because yep. uh, there's been some people that have come out. You, you've probably seen and read most of the articles. Uh, him coming out, his agent all that stuff, one new contract, and then they extend the head coach and the GM, mm-hmm. but they don't extend Kyler. And there's been a lot of people saying none of the players have come out to stick up for him. Larry Fitzgerald criticized him, said he's yeah. a spoiled brat, kind of. Yes, he came and, out and said he's spoiled, absolutely. And on Coward's show last week, he said there's a there's a quarterback coach in Scottsdale right now working out with players, a.k.a. Jordan Palmer. Right. If you know Jordan Palmer, he's about as respective of quarterback coach as there is in the nation yeah. right now. He's awesome. Like, listening to him talk is amazing. And he said there's nothing but bad things and drama about Kyler Murray down there. So Does he just want too much or just not? Well, there, there, there's a lot of reports that he, he's not a good leader. He's kind of indifferent uh he's been on talk shows before i think rich eisen where he went on there and hardly said a word he's just a different guy he, he's kind of a weird personality sort of like rogers except even weirder if that makes right. sense um yeah rogers rogers is personable like he goes on mcafee yeah. every week and he's just like different thinking 
Like, you know, just different thinking. Yeah. Uh, Murray is almost quiet and won't say stuff sometimes. And there was a report too, that I can't remember what game it was. I don't know if it was this last year, but anyway, they, they were down. The game was basically over. Kyler Murray goes to the sideline and goes up to Colt McCoy and says, yeah, I'm, I'm not going back in the game. You got it. Cause they were going to lose no matter what. And he wouldn't even go in the game to take a light, you know, take three kneels or whatever in that. Cause he made Colt McCoy go in and do it. So there, there's a lot of rumors coming out of Arizona that Murray's not really a team player, a leader. And that Bidwell, I've seen Bidwell on hard knocks. That's a, we, we talked about it here before. These guys don't get to where they're at by being pushovers or being right. mild type guys. I mean, they're very aggressive. They're very proud. And you know, Bidwell did not like that letter coming out from that agent. No. That, that and that, and that letter was, it was like all in caps. It, it was, it was, it was, it was not good. Um, whether it was meant to be that way or not, it just, it did not come off well at all. It wasn't written well. It was like, I wrote it, which is off. I have awful writing. And like I typed it, I have awful typing. Um, and it's almost like, how would a player approve that, you know, to even be said by their agent? And and that information that was said in that has to be approved. You can't just as an agent come out and say that or that player should fire him immediately and move on if it was done without his approval or knowledge or whatever. And that agent represents Kingsbury, too. Right. Same agents, uh, which is kind of weird. Um, but, yeah, you're right, though. The letter was strange. It, it was a weird it was like a, it's like four or five paragraphs. It seemed like way yeah, too was, long. Yeah. So I, I don't know what's going on with Kyler. He's a different guy. He's, he's even more odd than Rogers is. So we'll see what happens there. There's a lot of people saying you have to pay him. Cause again, we've talked about it here. If you don't have a quarterback, you're screwed. Yeah. So the, the Cardinals are kind of handcuffed in a way because if they don't extend him or sign him to a new contract, they're in trouble. Right. So what do you do? Do you trust if you give him a five or six year deal, do you trust he's going to be there in five or six years or is he going to leave for baseball? I mean, that's, that's a real question that these, oh, I, yeah, I know. So it, it's a different time right now. Um, and that's one of them, you know, the other one's Russell Wilson, he deleted a lot of his uh, Seahawks stuff off of social media, the logos and stuff, but what, what, what is the reasoning? I mean, whether they're, they're, what are their, what are these players thinking when they do that? Like, what are they, are they trying to drum up stuff? I mean, they're these, again, we've talked, these people aren't dumb. They have smart people around them. Now you can make some are smarter than others, but they don't get here by being dumb people and not know how things work. Um, just, I don't, I don't understand the deleting all the Seahawks stuff or the Cardinal stuff or, or whatever. It doesn't even matter, but, and it's not just football players. It's, it's basketball players. It's, it's, everybody's doing that. And I don't know, is it, they want their own brand of stuff and not worry about the Cardinals or the Seahawks, or is it, they're trying to just do their own thing and they don't want to be, you know, associated with any team as, Hey, this is me. Um, I just, I don't understand the reasoning for it. And it just looks bad to the public, in my opinion. It, it, I, I definitely think it looks bad to people my age and even your age or older. Like it's, it seems like a petty way to do business. Yeah, exactly. That, that is a great word. It's, it's petty. It, that, that is a great word, Trevor. 
but it's it's the reality of it and these young athletes they know if they do that if they delete their seahawks social media right like russell wilson did it's gonna it's gonna get all the headlines for a day or two he's gonna gain a bunch more followers it's gonna cause stories and that's what they want they want the organizations to know they're not happy at least not 100 percent happy right right they're a little bit upset maybe they want more money maybe they want more say maybe they want traded but it just it it's it's the new it's the new age of uh, sports and we're gonna have to get used to it because it's not going away and it's only going to get worse or or uh more infrequent so to speak because it, it's not going away Th- these athletes have power and when they do stuff like this it causes all sorts of headlines and then they get what they want right or wrong they get what they want though yeah i mean i, I don't disagree it, it's just it, it just comes off really bad to me it's like I don't, I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand a lot. I, I have all that social media stuff. I know I don't use it to all its capabilities and, you know, stuff like that. I just don't, I'm, I guess I'm old. No, I, I don't really like it either. I mean, scrubbing social media, deleting, all, especially like Kyler Murray, deleting all the Cardinal stuff. I mean, he's damn, still on it. He's still on his rookie contract, correct? Yeah. I mean, he, is. So he hasn't even signed a, a second contract yet. No, not yet. I mean, it's like, and like a lot of people are saying, you know, people around our age or older, like you're basically the the CEO or the face of a of an organization, a franchise, a company, and you are when you're the quarterback. Oh, and absolutely, that, that's a big deal. So when you're acting like you, you said petty like this, it just it's the new age. Uh, it's not. I don't think it's going to go away. But one thing that might make it go away is if the Cardinals give the uh, middle finger to Kyler and say, nah. You're going to play this year. You're not. We're not giving you no extension. I can see Bidwell doing it. Yeah. Bidwell's Bidwell's a. I've, I've just seen enough of him on video over the years. I could see him being the type of guy be like, nah. All the owners get together. Like we got to put a stop to this. And who's going to be the first guy through the door or through the wall? They always say it's the bloodiest. Bidwell may, might be that guy and say, nah, we're not paying you. You can either play this year under your contract or you don't play. Plain and simple. Yeah. Owners still have a lot of power. Um, oh, and, and football they do because it, it's, it's not like the other sports. Football is king. They make so much money, and the Cardinals will – I mean, obviously, the better they are, they but the Cardinals are going to make just as much money for the most part if Kyler Murray's their quarterback or not. Yeah, they're not dependent on Michael Jordan or uh, a Kobe or LeBron. No. I mean, now they'll they'll win more games with Kyler. We understand that, but – the league as a whole, it doesn't need Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray will disappear. If he never played another game, the league will be just fine. Yep. And and you can say about any quarterback, it's just not Kyler Murray. But right. So uh, it, I think the owners are going to start fighting back a little bit on this. And it we might have a little bit of a uh, a more civilized war on our hands compared to the other wars going on. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the NFL's got a lot more control than than Major League Baseball. That's for sure. That's a whole yeah. other. That's a whole another podcast that I don't want to do. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, and I I obviously don't watch baseball that often. But I, Coward came out and was talking about people that said they were done with baseball. He's like, I've I've been through these before. This isn't the first time that baseball's in through a, yeah. a lockout or whatever. He's like, listen. Come middle of summer, the Cardinals or the Cubs or Twins are on a winning streak. You're going to go to the game anyway. Yeah. Yeah. 
you may not go the first 10 games. I mean, and ultimately that that's kind of the thing with baseball is everybody's like, if they play baseball by June 1st, it's going to be okay. Because, okay. Think about like the twins or the Cubs. You're happy about opening day. So like first of April, everybody will sell out your game. Yeah. But then for the next two months, it's cold. You're not going to go watch every game anyway. Now, again, once school's out, middle of summer, you want to go to Chicago to Wrigley Field, that's when people will start missing it. Like if they're, if it's Father's Day and there's no baseball, that's big. I mean, yeah, I really absolutely. think, you know, because then you are like you're, you're going to Chicago, like for here in Iowa, go to Chicago for a couple games in the middle of the week or a weekend. That's a big deal. Or Minneapolis or Kansas City or St. Louis, that becomes a big deal. May 15th game. Eh, who cares? It's going to be cold or we still have school or work and you're not taking your vacations anyway. That's not a big deal. But like I said, Father's Day, if they're not playing baseball, they're going to have issues. They will. And you're right. I mean, you know, early on, it won't be such a big deal. But when you get in the summer where school's out, teachers are not teaching, kids are not in school, weather's good. And like you said, you want to get up to Minneapolis, Chicago, St. Louis to go to a game. I mean, that's what summer's all about. I mean, going to a baseball game is awesome, but I think for right now, they'll be okay. But again, I'm, I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about baseball by any means. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they get it figured out. I'm sure they will. Uh, I'm sure they want to have a season, but I, from what I've heard, there's been lockouts in the past and this is just another one of them. Yep. They're just, they're disagreeing on a few little things. And once the negotiate, once it gets super, uh, once they figure out they have to get it done, it'll get done. What well, what I hear though about per diem, something about per diem. I don't know. The biggest thing Neither. I've heard is for some reason the players want the younger players to get paid more. Like, and not just the, the rookie pay is one thing, but just overall, they want younger players to get paid more because you know, for all the players, like the average salary in Major League Baseball is less than a million dollars, which which is amazing because you look at like Garrett Cole that's getting like $35 million a year, and there's a lot of those players. But that just goes to show you that uh, for the 20 players that get that, there must be, you know, 150 players that are making that minimum, you know, right. or, you know, a thousand, you know, a thousand players, whatever it is. Um, they're, they're trying to raise that lower pay and I think some of it has to do with the minor leagues. You know, they've cut teams and they want better travel and accommodations and stuff for the, the lower levels and stuff. And so I think it is a lot. It's not about the big name players. They, the union really is sticking up for the, the younger players and the least inexperienced players to get a little bit more money and benefits. So I don't know. Well, that's, that's good by me. I mean, I'd like to see the NFL expand roster sizes and, but that's, you know, that's a whole other subject we get onto for another night, I'm sure. But yeah, it's, yeah, the, you know, we've got March Madness coming up. The golf combine is over now. We got the draft. Uh, we'll see what happens with baseball, but we, we got some exciting stuff coming yeah. up. We'll have to do a couple of golf previews, I think. Yeah. And say, we'll, we'll try to get together um, some night this week. Um, we can we can get together this week sometime and and try to do another one preview the conference tournaments and stuff. Uh, try to get uh, before Thursday at least. So no, sounds, sounds good. good. Have fun out in Boise, Trev. Okay, we will talk to you later this week or next.